is going on, everybody? We are back. I know we've uh, you know taken a couple weeks off. Life has been crazy on both ends here between uh, Nick and I, but we are back. Bills are making some moves in free agency, and that is clearly what we are here to talk about. Nick, how are you doing? How has your break been? Uh, my break from the podcast you're talking about? Uh, that part has been sad. I've missed seeing your face <laughs> on this chat here and missed talking sports with you. There's been a lot to talk about. The Bills have been active in free agency even if they haven't been big spenders a, a couple of minor moves kind of bringing back some of their own guys the the roster looks good like honestly they were one of the the best rosters in the league last year they're kind of swapping out some some parts here um interesting stuff to me so we're going to go through the, the current depth chart how it stands after the first wave of free agency and then we're going to talk about some holes and some needs and charlie i want you and i want you the listener Listen along and think in your head along the way what sounds like a draft need to you because we're going to talk about that at the end. Okay. Well, let's get to it. So, oh, Nick, so Bills uh, started out early in free agency this year, went out and got an offensive lineman, a much-needed offensive liner in Connor McGovern, not to be confused with the Connor McGovern who used to play for the Jets, who is also a free agent, which I believe uh, NFL Network messed that up and thought that they signed Jets' Connor McGovern, and it was actually Dallas's Connor McGovern, who is the younger of the two McGovern. common mistake. common yes. mistake. Yes. Um, very good run blocker. I believe he gave up two sacks all of last season. Um, out of Penn State, he's a big boy too, man. He's versati- versatile. He can play tackle. He can play guard. He can play a little bit of center. He could play tight end, fullback, and he even mentioned that he could play some wide receiver. What is this, Booby Miles? Hey, man, he's a he's a, a do everything Swiss Army knife for this team. He may be the new uh, uh, the, the 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 new offensive lineman playing tight end in the red zone catching TDs from uh, Josh Allen. Well, I would kind of just like him if he stayed at left guard and just did his job and, and did a really nice job at left guard. I mean, that's clearly a spot of need for this team, right, Nick? I mean, I, I think anyone on the offensive line at this point is a um, spot of need for this Buffalo Bills team. Um, currently, I mean, I feel I feel like the line, four out of five spots on the line feel somewhat solid to me. If you're just going left to right, Deion Dawkins, left tackle, is he elite? No. Is he very good? Is he good? Yes. He's certainly good enough. Connor McGovern fills in a guard. Morse is at center. I don't mind Bates at right, at right guard at all. I think he's he's fine. He's serviceable. And then right tackle is just kind of jumping out to me, at least, as the big hole. Spencer Brown. Talk to me about Spencer Brown. What, what do you think? He can, he's, he's had moments that look good, but they're just too few and far between for me. I mean, look, I honestly, and I'm going to be kind of the odd man out here, I feel like, but you could say that about both Buffalo Bills tackles, right? I think Spencer Brown and Deion Dawkins. I know Deion Dawkins was a pro bowler the last couple of years, and the fans love him. But, like, can we be honest here, Nick? I don't think Deion Dawkins is as elite as what some of the sports media in Buffalo feel like he is. Okay. Um, I mean, I mean, I, I hear what you're saying, but I think there's still a big difference between, like, putting him on the same – like, grouping him into the same same conversation here with Spencer Brown. I think Spencer Brown's going to be fine. I think Spencer Brown is going to be a very good tackle. I, I mean, look, I, I agree with you. Sorry to, that I – Sorry to Dion for putting him on that same level right now with Spencer Brown. However, 
I do think Spencer Brown's going to find his way again this year. I think he just had a little bit of a sophomore slump last year. Um, we you know with a new O line coach coming in, trying to teach him some different techniques. You know, we knew that he suffered with some injuries throughout the year as well. Um, I really think that he's going to be okay going into the season. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So th- I hear. I think your bigger point on Dawkins is that Bills fans maybe overrate them in in their heads a little bit because he seems like he's does a lot of community stuff or because he's, he's uh gregarious maybe, but let me ask you, I'm just going to start throwing out numbers and you stop me when I'm in, around the right spot. All right. Mm-hmm. Deion Dawkins is a top blank left tackle in the NFL top 25. Uh, okay. I was just going to start listing numbers like, Five, ten, fifty, and see where you stop me. And you're just, you're just, you're just jumping a top twenty-five. I am, I would say, with one hundred percent confidence, he's a top twenty-five left tackle. Yes. What, I, what I mean, that, if you if you want to get yeah, like, yeah, yeah, let's do it. Let's do it in reverse. So one hundred percent confident, he's top twenty-five. Yes. What percent confident are you that he's a top twenty left tackle? I, I, I eighty-five percent. Top fifteen. Top 15. Uh, top 16, we'll say. Upper half. Yeah, of the, uh, you know, 75. Okay, top 10. 50%. So, I mean, honestly, you know, somewhere in that top 10 to top 15 range, I mean, that feels about right. And, like, that's that's better than usable. That's good. Like, he's he's not an all-pro, but he's, he's serviceable. And he does get beat. He does have those moments. But... I, I don't think left tackle is like a weakness for the Bills. Would you love to have Laramie Tunsil? Yeah, sure. But I think this is this is it's very least serviceable. And if you recall a few pods ago, we talked about guys that they could maybe restructure open cap space, and you looked at their their top contracts: Allen, Diggs, Von Miller, uh, Milano. We talked about. Mm-hmm. And then you asked about Dion. I said I don't know if I would mm-hmm. really do Dion because you're pushing out the money into the future, pushing the cap hit out and in the future doing that. And he's, he's just, just gives you a little bit of pause, you know, stuff on digs on the field is not giving you any reason to think that he would be a problem. If people want to read into, into tweets and Instagram posts or whatever, uh, that that's the only way you're thinking that you might not want digs around. It's like, you don't feel bad pushing that money out into the future, but with Dawkins, like that's where I would hesitate a little bit because yeah. I think yeah, he's in this, this you know top twelve ish range. Furthermore, on Dawkins, real quick, Nick, um, PFF has him rated in their seventh tier uh, under good starters. He is number twenty one of left tackles in the NFL, according to PFF. Hold on, they have seven tiers in the top twenty one. They have, yeah. So I mean, it, it looks like they break it out in. That's a Let's lot see. of tiers. I mean, I, I'm a big fan of like tiering things, especially for like your fantasy draft. But that seven tiers in the top twenty, like yeah, tier point. one is is five, tier two is three, tier three is one one, tier four is about four or five, and then tier five is about another two or three. That's so, many tiers, man. Yeah, there's a lot of tiers, and then not for nothing, there's also a tier eight, which which is listed how much is left in the tank. Oh, I'm sorry. There's tier nine as well. I, I, I missed tier nine. All right. Listen, whatever whatever method they want to use, if you're calling him a good NFL starter, was that the word? Uh, yeah, so he's a good starter. They say Dawkins has been one of the steadier starting offensive uh, left tackles 
in the league over the last five years as a starter in Buffalo. He has earned a PFF pass protection grade above 75 in all five seasons and has been 14th most valuable tackle in the league since 2020 per PFF war. Okay. Uh, the reliability and consistent play has rewarded Dawkins his first Pro Bowl appearance in 2022. Okay. I mean, you'd love to have all-star linemen across every single position. And if sometimes you just put up a B minus and that's like, it's serviceable. So, yeah. There's no one on this list that I feel like, Oh, this guy should be lower that I, I do feel, and I don't agree with a, a lot of what PFF does sometimes, but I do feel looking at this list, there is a lot of. Okay. Really well, that up. seems to go back to what we are 100% confident. He's a top, 2025 guy. Yeah, so, absolutely. Uh, anyway, not a liability the way I think of right tackle. So you, you're you very confident in Spencer Brown. Like, to me, I I don't know. Maybe I just need to see him do it. Like, there have been times where Spencer Brown, you know, his good flashes look like an average Dan Dawkins play. Like, we just need that all the time. But it's like there's, there's you know, it can go really wrong if you're an mm-hmm. offensive lineman. And, like, that, that's what people notice. Like, you're – your mag like they don't have home run ability on on most plays, but they do have. Well, I guess fumble is is kind of the football analogy here, but you know you know what I'm saying like like they don't have the ability to do amazing, but they can certainly right. be major negative, and there's just too many negatives so far with Spencer Brown and do the Bills. It sounds like that you know they they brought back Quisenberry, so are they kind of just running it back with the right side of the line? That's what it feels like to me. I mean, that may be something they address in the draft. You know, uh, I think it all depends what Buffalo decides to do in the draft. Um, and I think there's some things that we'll talk about as, as we go on to the podcast for what I believe may happen with a certain player sending out some cryptic Instagram posts today. Um, but, you know, if, if they stay at one or whatever might happen, I know there's some rumors about Chicago possibly trying to make a move with Buffalo with, with some things. So, um I think it all depends where Buffalo drafts will determine what they're doing. I know it's a fairly decent offensive line draft this year as well, so you may see them take a, a center or a tackle second or third round. Um, and I think that those are still guys who, given the talent on this offensive line, you can still possibly plug in as, as day one starters. Um, but, you know, I, I guess my reason, though, Nick, for being a little bit more critical of Dawkins is because Dawkins is on that blind side. I worry about Josh Allen's blind side all the time. If Allen could see the guy come in on Spencer Brown's side, 90% of the time, right, Allen's going to be able to elude that tackle. Um, You know, we saw in the, him get hit on the blind side. Was it the Miami game he got blindsided and fumbled? Uh, no, one, you know, one picked up the, no one picked up the guy coming off the edge, and, you know, Dawkins just kind of didn't pick it up. Dawkins has to pick that up, and that's that's where I'm critical of Dawkins more so than – than Brown. I do. I think Brown had a good year last year. Absolutely not. Do I think Quisenberry had a better year than Brown? Absolutely not. But I, I do I, think I was a little surprised they brought him back. I, I just think it's a depth thing, man. He's a guy that knows their system. You don't have to mm-hmm. teach a new guy new tricks. Um, yeah. You know, I, I think Aaron Aaron Cromer being there will will really help these guys, especially the young guys on this line. And I think with. Um, with, with with Spencer Brown having a second year with Aaron Cromer, I think we'll see an upgrade, an upgraded Spencer Brown this year. 
All right, let's move on to some more fun positions. So quickly, quarterback, backup quarterback, also named Allen. Kyle Allen is back in the fold. Brandon Bean said something funny. He said they wanted to sign him a few years ago. He came in for a workout, and while he was showering afterward, uh, somehow the Panthers swooped in, must have talked with his agent, and he signed there. Yes, I heard that. Um, Let me ask you this question real quick, Nick. Who wears the first initial on their jersey? Kyle Allen or Josh Allen? Or neither? I kind of do feel like it's a neither situation, which is weird to say because I have a twin brother, and like so we were always wearing the the initial. Um, These guys are not related. They're not ever on the field at the same time. I don't think Josh Allen could really put that initial on there. Like that's a little weird to see. He's never had to like, wh- why would he be the one to have to change? The only possible way is if there's some baloney about selling more jerseys and he's going to put the J dot, you know, on it and you go, oh, you got last year's Jersey bro, which would right. be just the absolute dumbest thing, which maybe means that the bills are going to make it happen. But uh, definitely not Josh, maybe Kyle, but like I'm going off the board here going neither. So if Josh Allen does it, right, let's say Josh Allen changes his to the Jay Allen, um, Josh Allen has to buy every NFL jersey that's currently out there with his old, so his old jersey. Well, that's how it works for a number change. But if your team adds a new guy, they still make you do that? Yep. If you, add a new, if you change anything on your jersey. Because your team signed some player that you had. Well, uh-huh. not that Josh had no say in this. Because but- Josh doesn't have to put it on, right? But if Josh says no, I'm going to do it, then then he has to he has to change. So, his, uh, okay, so, so you're saying the the emphasis is on the new player to edit, more or less, yeah? Because Kyle Allen doesn't because, have any builders yeah. out there. Yeah. Now, do I think Fanatics will send someone a Kyle Allen number, thinking that they're buying a Josh Allen jersey? I can't wait to see that happen. Oh man, there's gonna be some sad kid at Christmas. His dad's like, I got you an Allen jersey. And he's like, <laughs> Yeah, what the hell? This isn't 17. Dad, this is number whatever. What's Kyle Allen wearing? Does he have a number yet? Uh, I think they did give all the new guys numbers already. Uh, he has number nine. Kyle Allen will be wearing number nine. Okay. This is a lesson out there. Dude, dude you're going to be at like TJ Maxx in seven years. Be like, Wow, Bill's Allen jersey. <laughs> oh, wait. Why this is nine? Oh, yeah. That one year that he wore nine. No, no, no. Wait, that wasn't him. Yeah. Uh, so anyone listening, do not buy, do not fall for the Allen number nine jerseys. That is Kyle Allen, not Josh Allen, in case they don't put that first initial on. Um, but I, look, I'm okay with it. I think, uh, was it one of our good pals on the, uh, on the podcast here, Hansel, Hansel, um, <laughs> and I were talking about this on Twitter the other day. He kind of has Kyle Allen listed as a downgrade from Case Keenum. I kind of see him as kind of like evening each other out. You know, I don't think he's going to come in and win you a ton of football games. Lord forbid if something happens to Josh Allen in preseason, Allen's out for like 10 weeks, right? But Josh, I do think he's – Josh Allen over or under 0.5 snaps in the preseason? Under. Yeah, he's not playing. No, he'll play He'll play the second game or the third game because that's what McDermott likes to do and literally just hand the Wait, ball you off. just told me under 0.5 for the whole preseason. What do you oh, mean? under 0.5. I'm sorry. I thought you said under 5. Uh, under 0.5, then no, I'll take the over on that. I think he plays under five snaps, like one drive. Oh, okay. 
There might be five more than five. I'm going under total zero play in the preseason. Two handoffs, and then Josh Allen's going to just throw throw the deep ball, get off the field, <laughs> and hang it up for the day. Um, but I do think Kyle Allen's an upgrade a little bit over Case Keenan for what you're going to get for him. Um, I think Kyle's more mobile, right? A little bit, not much. Not much. I mean, he's younger. Um, I'm going to be curious to see how he sees the game different than what Case saw the game, right? I felt like in years past, Josh Allen really relied on that backup quarterback to really help him throughout the game. We saw it early on with Matt Barkley in his career. Um, you know, saw it with Mitch Trubisky. We saw it with Davis Webb even. You know, I know Davis was more on the practice squad than his backup quarterback, but you really saw Davis Webb really sit down and working with him in between plays as well as Ken Dorsey, right? So I'm curious to see how Kyle Allen's going to help him um, drive in, drive out um, for what he can do. All right, let's go stay in the backfield. Let's go to running back. What did you like there? Oh, my God. I'm so excited about the Damon Harris <laughs> signing. Like, all right, listen, absolutely. Pod- podcast my favorite signing all podcast, all dear, dear podcast, I want to read you overreaction of the century. Charlie texted me like five minutes after they reportedly got Harris and goes, Damon Harris is going to lead the league in rushing next year. <laughs> Yes. What did yes. I say back? Uh, I don't have the whole text up. Next, <laughs> I said, I hope that, you know, I wish the guy well. I hope they don't hand off enough to leave, have anyone who leads the league in rushing. I don't, I do not want that to happen. Look, man, I hear me out. Maybe it's just because he's wearing 22, but I'm getting serious Fred Jackson, Fred Jackson vibes from David Harris. Okay. Is he RB1 next year? No, Zach Damien Harris doesn't like hardly had any receptions with the Patriots. Maybe because they had like different running backs for different stuff like that. I think James Cook is gonna like really take a hold on it. He's like they're different kinds of runners. I like what they're both gonna do, but James Cook to me for fantasy, at least right now, I would have him as the Bills number one. Clearly, look, not not for nothing, man. But uh, I believe we said this about Fred Jackson years ago that we thought Fred Jackson would never be. RB1, and look what happened. I'm just saying. Just saying. Just because they were the number 22? I mean, it is funny that we everyone sees that and go, oh, that's Fred's number. And I looked it up today. They've given out Fred's number like six times already. Like, But, but the, okay, Damian Harris's like build just reminds me so much of Fred Jackson. I see it. Um, You know, that's kind of the big... I guess my big comparison, right? And he's he's a hard downhill runner, similar to Fred. I'm just really excited to see what he can do. Um, you know, hopefully with this Bills offensive line, hopefully taking a step forward in the right direction for run blocking, which, by the way, one thing that we failed to mention with Connor McGovern earlier was if there is one thing that he lacks in, it's run blocking. Okay. How about you? Well, let's ask you a question right back to you. What are your thoughts on the Damon Harris side? Because you're obviously not as excited about Well, it I mean, I'm not just I'm just not as excited because he's a running back. So I think it's cool. I think it's an upgrade. I wish Devin Singletary all the best. I think Harris is a little bit better for what the Bills need with that little bit thicker guy between the tackles. And I hope he, no offense, doesn't touch the ball that much. I want this to be a passing offense who runs in good run situations, and that's it. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if he if he gets. This is going to depend how it goes. If he gets five carries per game, like depending on how like that could be fine. 
So Mm -hmm. I'm just like, I like the signing, but I'm just not that hyped about it, given that I think Cook is ahead of him in usage and that I think they just won't end up using him that much. Maybe he becomes like red zone vulture fantasy football guy. Maybe could um, you think he takes over that? Uh, I don't really know, but uh, I mean, Jamal Williams role because I, you know, there's was rumors they were in on Jamal Williams at one point. Yeah, he, there was a ton um, of interest on him, but I mean, right now Josh Allen's kind of like the red zone running threat. But who knows? Maybe it's worth a flyer in fantasy if they flash on that in the preseason. Yeah, and you, you know, we also don't know if they're getting rid of the butt push next season in the NFL. I know that's something that yeah, the Bills don't really do. They of. should get rid of that. The Bills don't really do that anyway, right? I mean, they've done it on first downs. I mean, that's what caused the fumble on the goal line in the Minnesota game was Josh lost the ball. And if Gabe Davis wasn't there pushing him forward, Josh probably at least falls on that ball and it's not a touchdown. Hmm. So, um, but no, I I think Damian Harris, I think, I I really think that you're going to find some interesting ways to use him. But I said that last year about how the Bills were going to use Isaiah McKenzie and Ken Dorsey let me down. What do you think this Damon Harris signing means for Naheem Hines? That's a good question. I mean, Hines is very clearly the number three right now. And I don't really know. So the Bills, they could have cut him, got rid of his contract for, for no hit. And instead, they, they brought him back. And it's, mm-hmm. it's a lower cap hit, but they could have moved on and they chose to have him back. Um, I I think his role is going to be definitely big on special teams, and then on the field. Like so, I think he's going to be active every day, and that's or every week, and that's an interesting thing. Do they really dress three running backs every week? They have not always done that, but special teams definitely. And then he's kind of just the the regular third running back, and he's definitely got the speed. If they need a change of speed, you know, we'd all like to see some a little bit more creativity on offense, maybe. And his speed can help with that, but I, I'm, you know, I'm thinking not more than a handful of carries per game. Okay, yeah, I don't think we see a lot of him as far as a, um, you know, use back. I think you see him in, in situations where maybe Cook needs a rest and it's a passing down, right? Uh, mm-hmm. may, maybe they throw him in there, but. We'll see. I may, maybe they find ways to use Damon Harris in the passing game as well. But um, you know, we talk about special teams and Naheem's use on special teams. Buffalo also signed a very good special teamer in Deontay Hardy. This is true. That's a good point. Um, well, you know what? Let's let me look up his because uh, I mean they're going to draft a running back late, right? Like they seem like they always do that. You always have some camp bodies around. Uh, my my one thing was when it comes to Deontay Hardy, I think you see him returning punts and Hines returning kicks. Interesting, interesting here. I, so, I, I say that. I say that strictly because if I was a coach, I would rather use my receiver out there to return a punt than my receiver out there to return a kick. Okay. Because there's a, you know, call it for a catch, not necessarily take it, but I can also call him off for a player too. Um, maybe not need him on the play right away. I, I don't know. And Deontay Hardy's, in my opinion, a very good punt returner. And I think, as we saw last year, Naheem Hines can do very well on the kick return as well. So leave him there. All right. 
That's uh, not, no action at tight end so far. Let's go outside here. Receiver, we just mentioned Deontay Hardy. This got a lot of love, I thought, on social media for a guy who most Bills fans probably didn't know much about until people started saying, oh, he's good. He, he fits what they need. And then everybody just said, oh, I love it. I love it. Yeah, I don't know what to feel about this. Um, you know, everyone is saying like, "Ooh, this is like an upgrade over McKenzie," and we're like, "Is it?" Like, I don't know. Yeah, I like. Um, I like him. Yeah, obviously, we we know how I felt about Isaiah McKenzie on this podcast, right? I think I've made that clear multiple times how I felt about Isaiah McKenzie. I thought he was underutilized here in um, in Buffalo. However, I do believe that uh, Hardy's going to find ways into this offense. You know, I think in order for um, Ken George to be successful this year, he has to find ways to use Deontay Hardy in the offense. Uh, I do think he is a replica of Isaiah McKenzie, but he's faster. That's good, right? Uh, yeah, you have a guy that who... I, from the highlights I've seen, he's a guy who can go and go two yards, dunk the ball off to him, and just let his speed do the work, right? He's, in my opinion, he's a poor man's, not as good. I don't want to get people confused. He's like a poor man's, um, he's a wish.com um, Tyreek Hill. Does that make sense? That no one's ever said that before, ever. No, but I'm saying it now. You get Tyreek, <laughs> you order Tyreek Hill on wish.com and you get a Deontay Hardy. Okay. Well, well then. For, you, you heard it first here, and I guarantee you now you're gonna hear it all over the radio stations. Okay. Uh well speaking of Tyreek Hill commenting on Bill's receivers, did you see what he said to his former teammate? Homeboy was not happy. No, the Bills also got Trent Sherfield, who Bills fans know as uh, the recipient of butt punt, was Trent Sherfield. Right off his butt, out of the end zone for two points, and now he's on the Bills. Uh, well, his butt was the recipient, not necessarily him. Uh, he is of his butt. It doesn't make sense. <laughs> he, he and his butt are one? Sure. There you go. Okay, sure, sure. Um Good signing. I mean, he, in my opinion, he's kind of taken over that tie. Um, uh, what was his name? The wide receiver that only played. I'm sorry, the running back that only played um, special teams for Buffalo last year. You know who I'm talking oh, about? Nick. Yeah, he's gone. Yeah, exactly. Not he, he, yes, he's that replacement. I don't know how much he sees the field. I know he can catch the ball, and I know that. Um, you know, he, 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 he's not a bad receiver, but mm -hmm. I believe we see him more in that special teams role. Okay. Uh, well, so anyway, yeah. So, so he tweeted, Tyreek Hill tweets back at him. You with us or what? And he responds by signing with their division rival. So is that a statement? Is that just a coincidence? What do you think? From his interview, I don't know if you listened to the interview or not. Um, it sounded like he just felt like Miami was just making moves, and as free agency went on, he just felt like he wasn't getting an offer from Miami and just wanted to get signed somewhere. So he took advantage of Buffalo giving him a call, and you know who would you rather catch balls from, Josh Allen or Tua Tagovailoa? And then did you see what else he said about if you want to be an elite receiver? 
Yes, you got to play with an elite quarterback. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, and yeah. What, what did Tyreek Hill say? He didn't say that. It's a uh, reporter who, um, oh, you know, we have not had him on the pod yet. Matt Perino from Syracuse.com. No, we need to get Matt on, though. Okay, so he he tweets this quote from the press conference uh, that Sherfield says, quote, if you want to be an elite receiver, come and play with an elite quarterback. Tyreek Hill quote tweets this tweet and says, he didn't say that, sad face. And Matt Perino responds by just tweeting the video. And he most definitely said that. So is that somewhat a shot at Tuatunga Vailoa? Is that a shot at Miami? Uh, some listen, uh, we like our entire first ninety percent of our lives was well uh, of our Bills fandom that we remember was like trying to make Bills Dolphins a thing again because it wasn't a thing during you know most of our upbringing. It was a, it was a Super Bowl era thing, and then it died out. Uh, I'm all in for this being a thing again. Like Bill Stoffins is is good. They're like, you know, much different type of cities. Miami, you think beach, Buffalo, you think snow. Like I'm in for this rivalry. And if the fifth receiver is going to be in on it, like, cool. That's cool for me. Yeah. I, um, any, any chance to piss off Tyreek Hill is always a good, mm-hmm. a good chance. Um, but you, you asked the question, you know, do you think it was a dig at Tua? Yeah, maybe a little bit. I mean, again, we've talked about it on this podcast. I don't believe that, in my opinion, I don't look at Tua Tagovailoa as an elite quarterback. He is a short Ryan Fitzpatrick. That's harsh. Maybe, you know, maybe a little bit better arm talent. You know, yeah, or, much more mobile. No, I wouldn't say much more noble. I think Ryan Fitzpatrick was more mobile. He didn't have five concussions in a season. Um, I mean, two is a bet. I'm not letting you say Ryan Fitzpatrick is in the same class as two as a runner. Dude, I, I absolutely. You think so? Yes. We're, we're, we're going to put a poll up. I want to put a poll up on this and, and, and see. I feel like it's going to be skewed because it's going to be a lot of Bill's Mafia folks. But – 100% want to see what people say. I think Ryan Fitzpatrick is a... Okay, we, we're pausing this pod right now to look up rushing stats and comparing them. Please do. But as, as you're doing that, I will keep talking to my point. Um, by, by what I mean more so about him being a shorter Ryan Fitzpatrick is he's just more of a game manager, right? And he's found ways to manage the game. And I think last year... McGill did a really good job with Tua managing football games and finding ways to win to Tua's strength, which were short passes to your speed receivers and let your speed receivers do the work. And that's great, and that's going to work for a while until teams start figuring out. And then when you go play Buffalo, Buffalo's just kind of not going to do what the other teams figured out and just do what they want to do themselves, um, like we saw multiple times this year. But I do think that um, – it was a little bit of a dig at at Tua Tagovailoa. All right, Charlie, I have something to, to tell you. Maybe it right? only seems to happen in Bills games, but Tua does not run as much as I thought. In three seasons, he has three hundred and seven rushing yards. How many? Did, I don't know if you can see how many Fitzpatrick had. And yeah, I got. I guess last... I got. I got Fitzpatrick up too. So he's got. Give me his last three seasons. 
Fitz's last three seasons. You gotta keep in mind too, this is uh not always a full season. So right. we're going to skip 2021 because he only played one game. Uh 2020, he played nine games. He had 151 rush yards, which would be to his career high. Yeah, so, exactly. All right, all right. You know what? Apology, official podcast apology. I was wrong and you were right. See, it's not it's not so hard for men to say. I don't know what everyone's talking about. You will you will not shame Ryan Fitzpatrick on this podcast, Nick. I I am I stand corrected. Yeah, I mean, in all honesty, though, I, I do think that at the end of the day, again, I asked the question: Who would rather be catching footballs from, Josh Allen or Tua? Well, yeah, I mean, that's not a hard question. <clears throat> um. Good signing though. We'll, I'll be curious to see how they decide to use him in the offense. I'm just really hoping with you know bringing in uh, Shearfield and bringing in Hardy that Buffalo does not forget that they drafted a fairly good wide receiver in the fifth round last year in uh, Khalil Shakir, who by the okay. way has been working out with Eric Moles down in Florida. Really? How interesting. Yeah, uh, yeah he was all Eric Moles was making a big deal about it on his Instagram. All right, so, you want to switch over to defense? Yeah, man. I mean, we could talk a little bit of defense. Not a lot of exciting stuff going over on over there. I mean, oh, wait. They did. They pulled it off. Buffalo was able to sign Jordan Porter to a very, very damn good team-friendly contract. was team-friendly. Did, did it remind you at all the, the lead-up to free agency? Tremaine Edmonds, Jordan Poirier. Will they keep one? Will they keep both? Will it be neither? Did it remind you a little bit of Drury and Briere? Um... I don't want to say – I don't want to say yes, but yes. <laughs> um, That's a terrible answer. I, I, I felt like it was a little bit different because the fan base loved Drury and Briere versus the fan base maybe wasn't as in love with Tremaine Edmonds. Okay, that's fair. Uh, different as players. I'm just thinking about right. like the least and, and, and truthfully, sorry, if to, to me – I absolutely loved that Sabres team that if when anyone on that team left, it was just a sad day. There's guys on this Bills team that I could live without. You know, if they leave, they leave. You know what I mean? It's not the same. That's fair. All right. So Poyer, yeah, very interesting contract. I'm looking at spot track right now. His cap hit is 4.85 million. Uh, he's got some more signing bonus in there that spreads out. So he's still, he's getting a little bit more money. He's got some incentives. It's a very team-friendly deal. I would have honestly thought he could have got more on the open market. And his press conference was interesting. He said, you know, he's talking this with his wife, and the offers that were out there in free agency were just not going to make him happy. So I got to imagine that there was more money out there than what the Bills were willing to offer. And the situation just wasn't what he wanted. So, so... Do we dive into the tweet or do we not dive into the tweet? Go for it. You already did. Uh, <laughs> so if you didn't see it, because it got deleted fairly quickly, Ryan Talbot tweeted it out, and then it got deleted by Rachel Bush, who, if you don't know, which I'm sure everyone knows, Rachel Bush is Jordan Poyer's wife. Um, and then Zach Casper tweeted out, the internet always has receipts. And Drew Parch, I'm sorry if I'm saying your name wrong, Drew, uh, made a comment to Rachel about how he wishes her wish there was a dislike button on Twitter. And Rachel tweets back at him saying, Drew, listen, just enjoy 
my husband playing football. And if you knew the truth behind all how all this went down, you would be thanking me. What could it mean, Charlie? I mean, from the the interview that Jordan Poyer gave, it sounded like she told him to follow his heart and do what was best for, you know, what was best for his heart. And it sounded like his heart was with the higher taxes in New York <laughs> State and going back to Buffalo. Yeah, I mean, he had a funny line in his in his press for too. He said, I mean, I wasn't lying, but was that really making my decision? No. So just just the big big talk, big Twitter thing that didn't end up actually mattering. No, I I, I honestly think that um, at the end of the day, you look at what Miami did this offseason with bringing in Jalen Ramsey um, and, and doing some other things on the defense side of the ball. I just don't see where they had the resources necessarily to bring in Jordan Poyer. And I also don't think the money was what Poyer thought it was going to be. And if he can just go back to Buffalo and system that he knew and be comfortable, I think that's what he'd want to do. Now, I'm just wondering if they can just buy their old house back or not that they sold and packed <laughs> up right away. Did they truly sell it? Was that part Was that part of? I don't know. I'm I'm blocked by Rachel Bush on Twitter. Um, well, aren't you special? I made a comment to her about something about Jordan Poyer getting paid a couple years ago and told her to, you know, Tell, you know, shut up and play football type of thing. Like play your game and then get paid. And uh, she blocked me. So this is I, sad. I yeah. So I don't get to see much of hers unless people share screenshots like, like what um, what Zach Casper did. So thank you, at Z Casper. I feel worse now that that story got shared. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I look Jordan Porter's big signing. Like what he can do on the on the safety side. I mentioned to you before the podcast, Nick, and I've realized now that I was wrong about Buffalo possibly needing some safety help at some point. Um, I still think they can can definitely upgrade themselves at safety. Uh, you know, possibly address that in draft. But strong safety, they got Poyer right now. Our lads has Demar Hamblin listed as the second string. Obviously, hopefully he comes back, and if he plays one snap of football, then give him comeback as a player of the year. Like I feel, I feel like they're taking bets on comeback player of the year right now. And I don't know why anyone is placing bets on anybody, but Demar Hamlin right now. Yeah. If you see that as an actual actionable line anywhere, please let me know or any listener, please tweet us. I did see it and I got to find it again. Uh, he is the favorite at plus plus one fifty. That's and Lamar, Lamar Jackson is plus 800, and then there was someone else behind Lamar. What's Lamar coming back from? I don't know. He was out. I mean, he, was, he was being out. Being pissed at your like, team because you don't want to play for him because they want to pay you. played most of the season, right? Right. But then he missed like the last quarter of the season because he was pissed that his team wouldn't play him, so he just faked an injury. Like Jamie Tart. <laughs> Jamie Tart. <laughs> Can't practice, coach. I'm injured. We'll talk about um, that so later. That's right. So, so Demar Hamlin's second string, and then I did forget they they picked up Zane Anderson as well, um, early on in free agency, who is just kind of I and I think just going to be a yeah. There's been talk body. too about could they move Christian Benford over to safety? Uh, I'm I don't know. You know, you gives me Aaron to... Williams vibes, man. Like, in a good I'm, way. In a very good way. Like, I like Benford. I, I really like Christian Benford. I liked what he did 
on the outside. I think that's the difference, though. Like, Aaron Williams was not a good cornerback, right? But they moved him to safety, and he was a damn good safety. And I think there's just so much potential there for Christian Benford to be able to go in and be that safety. And I think bringing back Poyer and having Poyer and Hyde to learn from from a year um, can really help Christian Benford in the future. Okay. So safety, uh, again, we're, we're keeping in the back of mind draft potential. To me, this is definitely an area because you have two guys who are very good, but they're both creeping up there in age. They almost didn't bring him back this year, and the guys behind them are are nothing. You know, might might be quality backups right now, maybe potential for more. But just looking at everything outside, like nothing that you feel comfortable about a Super Bowl run with. No, I mean Cam Lewis is going to be forever known on a you know posterized posterizing catch in the Vikings game, right? So I don't yeah, think he Cam helped. Lewis he helped stop there. the ball. We'll always have that. That's true. That's true. That's true. All right, so let's stay in the secondary here. Let's go to cornerback. The Bills, on paper, appear set at cornerback. Travis White is back. He should be here the whole year. Kyer Elam, you would like to think a first-round pick is going to step up in year two. They also brought back Dane Jackson. That was a good signing. They still have Benford around. He did start off pretty good. He was you know, better than Elam out of camp last year. They have, uh, you know, a couple couple names just, just filling out uh, roster spots. Jamar Ingram played a little bit. Um, Jamarcus, don't put, put respect I, on that name. I, Jamarcus, you're right. Take it back. Um, Jamarcus Ingram is going to take Dane Jackson's job next season. No, I'm just kidding. CB4, okay. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Um, but uh, point being, sounds like they're kind of set here on paper. Could – we would we like to see better play from every single name I just mentioned? Yeah, we would. So there were points last year, like, is cornerback still a need? And maybe that was before Travis White really came back. Um, it's it was it's just just a you know, you're not getting what you used to get from Travis White, and maybe that's still coming back from the injury. We're not ready to kill him yet, and you need to see better from your first round pick, but. The Bills still have faith in Kyrie Elam. They have backups who have started games before. And on this, on paper, this unit looks like it's pretty solid. Yeah, I think Kyrie Elam's going to step up and really be that uh, CB2 this year. Um, I'm just really hoping they give him a fair chance at it hmm. because I, I feel like if not, then you have a major issue there. Um Obviously, I, I'm kind of a silent fan of Jamarcus Ingram. I saw him play in the Miami game when every Bills player was pretty much out hurt in week four of last year. So I like Jamarcus Ingram a lot, or week three of last year, I liked Jamarcus Ingram a lot. Uh, Dane Jackson, obviously, I think there's still potential there with Dane that hasn't been really tapped, and I'm going to be curious to see what McDermott could get out of him now as the defensive coordinator, and if – the way that McDermott calls a defense is going to really affect uh, in a positive way, how Dane Jackson plays the position. All right. Uh, that's going to be a quick unit for us. We're going to quickly skip over linebacker, talk to you about defensive line. And then obviously there's a reason why we're going to hit linebacker last uh, defensive line edges. And then interior, how are you feeling? You know, they haven't been a ton of moves here. They kind of have yeah. some guys back. 
What are we thinking? I think the, the, with the 27th pick in the NFL draft, the Buffalo Bills are going to draft yet another defensive end. No, I'm, I'm kidding. I hope, God, if they do, if they do, keep me off Twitter for the rest of the draft because it's going to get it's going to get ugly. Um, okay, I was really not sure where you were going with that. But no, no. Uh, I, I, I think I think they're fine at the ends. Obviously, getting Von Miller back is going to do something for them. Um, up the middle, I think there's still questions outside of Jaquan Jones. Obviously, uh, do we want to talk about it here? Or do we want to wait? Go for it right, right now. Okay. Uh, Ed Oliver, Nick, as we talked about, I don't know if he's going to be on this football team next year. I don't know if he's going to be on this football team next week. Uh, tomorrow, even, from what Twitter looks like. Uh, are you? Tr- would you trade Ed Oliver straight up for D-Hop? Uh, okay, I'm going to tell you. Uh, people scouring through who likes who on Instagram is like my low-key secret favorite part of, of the football weird culture that we've set up here. And like people screenshotting, ooh, this guy follows the bills now. That's hilarious to me in like some weird messed up way. Um, love it. DeAndre Hopkins, could he be come to the bills? Could Ed Oliver go back? Um, I thought I had seen even that Carolina was having to like reduce their their ask for Hopkins because he was so expensive and they weren't getting what they thought. Um, the the reason you would you would send Oliver out is because excuse me, his fifth year options fully guaranteed more than 10 million cap hit. He's got one year left on his deal and he's kind of like in between a little bit. Like he's had really good spurts. He's had some not so good spurts. Definitely has not lived up to slot potential from where he was drafted. That doesn't mean he's a, not a good player. I think he's good, but not great in a similar way. How Dawkins is, Fine, but not great. And I'd say Oliver's maybe slightly – he's got a better, higher potential still than Dawkins. But – Well, look, look. I, I mean, the whole reason that started this was Ed Oliver's – I mean, Ed Oliver himself kind of started the conversation. I mean, people are just reading into stuff. Would you not – when you're posting the lyrics to a song that say – hold on, now I just had now it's gone. Um yeah, I mean, it was something about you're telling like, me like, you've fallen out of love with me. Hope you can find someone to love you better than I did, and then then tweet or then put on your Instagram. Enjoyed myself. I mean, and then you got DeAndre Hopkins posting. Do, do you think this man could be having like woman issues currently, and like that's what he's posting about? So he's posting himself sacking quarterbacks in the NFC North because he's having woman problems. No, the song lyrics were about that. The other thing was he enjoyed himself no. in that game, and he had a sack and <laughs> wants to remind everybody what a baller he is. No, because did you see? He posted a video or a picture of him sacking every quarterback in the NFC North except Chicago. So people got to, which got people reading into it. Going <laughs> to the Bears. This going is the, Bears, the stuff the I love. I yes. <laughs> so I think I I think I heard. Let me see if I could find it. Someone proposed a trade. Like Ed Oliver and Buffalo's first for nine overall for the ninth overall pick and um for ninth overall pick and like like a late round pick. Okay, well I'm telling you first of all, that's not enough to get up from where the Bills are at twenty seven to where the Bears are at nine. You don't think a first round pick in Ed Oliver is enough to do it? Not to get that high. 
Okay. Okay. I, I, I don't know. I really don't know what they're going to get. Um, yeah, but so so the thing that, that I struggle with is that your team going for Super Bowl, why would you subtract a player who's good? Um, and the answer would be because you could get someone better for cheaper and use that money somewhere else. Is there is there a somewhere else? Like like the reason to unload Oliver is is because it opens up money that you could spend elsewhere. So that to me is kind of goes hand in hand with what what else are you maybe getting back? And I think that's where you were talking about DeAndre Hopkins. That's where some other issues came up uh, or possible moves came up. I mentioned that, you know, the Bears for him, you know, four weeks ago on a podcast, and we're talking about who's got a bunch of cap space. And we know that the Bears are willing to spend because they gave Tremaine Edmonds $18 million. Uh, I guess I just spoiler alerted something, our next segment that isn't actually a spoiler. But, I mean, I, I say if you feel like you're not going to resign Ed Oliver next year, trade him now and get something for him before he leaves for nothing. So can you – is there a team who's looking for like a, literally a one for one player trade or a, is it just for draft picks? What, I don't know. What, what's the draft pick market like for a guy with one year left on his deal? Like, I really don't know. You're, you're probably looking for a team who does believe in this guy who's maybe on the upswing, who's looking for a guy who's a little bit overlooked and who would probably extend Ed Oliver once they got him. Well, let, let me ask you this question Would you move? Ed Oliver to Cincinnati for Jonah Williams. That is interesting. I, I would have to look up his contract. You want to talk player for player trade? I mean, there, there's an option. I think if Buffalo moves Ed Oliver to um, Arizona for DeAndre Hopkins, I think it's DeAndre Hopkins and maybe a late round pick. I feel like Buffalo would end up winning in that deal just given the fact that they're just really trying to dump DeAndre Hopkins at that point. Mm-hmm. So the Hopkins trading Oliver for Hopkins is interesting because the reason people don't want Hopkins is he's so expensive as cap hits like 19 mil. But if you send Oliver back, you kind of free up 10 in the, in the trade. Right. So that, that's why it's interesting. I mean, you also got to ask yourself, does DeAndre Hopkins still have the juice? Like, is he still elite? So Chris Trapazzo t- tweeted an idea this afternoon uh, just an idea, don't lose your minds, although I think it's more sensible for Buffalo. Uh, and it sounds like he thinks Buffalo will be losing their minds with this. However, uh, the trade that he has here is the Bills will get DeAndre Hopkins and Isaiah Simmons. Uh, and the Cardinals will get Ed Oliver, Gabe Davis, and a fifth-round pick. Okay, so Gabe Davis is a guy who we've talked about as a trade candidate also. He's super low salary. He's got the he's got uh he has performed. That's interesting to me. And also I was gonna bring this up when we got back to the draft stuff, but when people were talking about drafting a receiver for the longest time, if you look around the room, they got five certifiable pro guys who they like, and they have you know a couple extra camp bodies who have some promise, maybe like there's not a lot of room left for anybody else to get on the field barring an injury. So if you were to add a receiver, you probably would want to send one out in the deal. Yeah, but something about putting Gabe Davis in like some form of like slot role kind of gets me a little warm and excited inside. 
I feel like Gabe's route running is not that not right for that role. No, but you put him on like a quick slant to the inside. Like, I mean, look, I who who would you rather hit on a quick slant to the inside? Your five foot six receiver or your six foot four receiver? Well, I mean, you just told me 10 minutes ago how fast the guy that they just signed was, and you wanted to see him running those routes. Correct, but we weren't talking about DeAndre Hopkins at that point. Now we're talking about (laughs) DeAndre Hopkins to the team. So, you know, I'm just saying, like, look, it's it's something that I would be a little excited Yeah, listen, what I like about it is that he's a name. He's a big target. And and by the way, he can still run those routes right to four. Sorry. Yeah, <laughs> what I would like about Hopkins, he's a name, he's a big target. Other defenses know who this guy is, and they're afraid of this guy, and they know he can beat them. And what that really does is it helps open up Stefan Diggs because uh-huh. you saw the second half of the year after Josh Allen hurt his elbow, he was not maybe able to get to Diggs quite as well as he was in the first half of the year, and teams took away Stefan Diggs for large portions of games, and that was really damaging to the Bills' offense. If you can get, you got to get some kind of other threat over there. No disrespect to Gabe Davis, who's clearly shown when when you leave him open and you cover Diggs, he can have four touchdowns in a playoff game. Mm-hmm. But he's not like this dominant threat every week in week out who's got these great hands like DeAndre Hopkins does. You don't stay up worrying about Gabe Davis as much as you would DeAndre Hopkins. And if even if you make a trade that just makes Stefan Diggs better, like that could could be worth it. Think about it, though. You're making Stefan Diggs better. You're making Josh Allen better. You're most likely making your running game better. Right? I mean, you're making your entire offense better by just adding that one piece. I think that's mm-hmm. a big a big piece to add. But, look, I even think if Buffalo moves on from Ed Oliver, you're going to have to find someone to come in and play that defensive tackle spot. There's right. a great free agent out there named Puna Ford that they could bring right in that I think would be a huge Upgrade. I want to upgrade over Ed Oliver. Hmm. Okay. Well, that's kind of where, where my next plan was going to go. If you trade Ed Oliver, now you have two gaping holes right in the middle of your defense. Yeah. Look, you got Puna Ford. That I think even Al Woods, I believe, is still a free agent, if I'm not mistaken. You bring him in as well. Um, you know, he was the other defensive tackle. So Puna mm-hmm. Ford and Al Woods were both defensive tackles from Seattle. Uh, both are very good. Elwood's plays more of that one tech, so that uh, Daquan Jones type of role, and then Puna Ford's more of that three tech, the uh, Ed Oliver, Tim Settle type of role. So um, I really think if you add, t- get rid of Ed Oliver and bring in Puna Ford, you're already upgrading that three tech role, um, and then just finding someone in to back up Daquan Jones is not a bad idea. All right, I do. You're again <laughs> thinking about draft here. If you needed a new player to start on your defense, would you rather have a top three round pick try to start at linebacker or try to start at T tackle? Ooh. Again, because the Bills are in their Super Bowl window, I and I could be wrong here, and I know that the size difference is a lot. But I feel like it's, it would be easier to slide in a defensive tackle as a rookie than it would be a middle linebacker. Yeah, I would definitely say um, probably at D tackle because if you put a linebacker in there, um, 
you're, you know, they're going to be your middle linebacker. They're going to be the one calling your plays, running your, running your defense. So right, and, I, that, I, and that that's a ninety nine percent snap count position where as D tackle you'd be rotating. Right, but can I? I be perfectly clear with you here. I'd like to see Buffalo maybe stay away from D tackle first round pick, even though you know it's needed. I feel like that middle linebacker spot is just going to be a huge. Mm-hmm. Gaping. Yeah, that's true. If you if you were had a guy that you pick sixth, who's the D tackle, that guy could definitely slide in easy. Right. If you're picking, right. Okay, I hear. All right, we've waited way too long to talk about linebacker. Matt Milano is extended. We uh, I had written about that in my article that we talked about a few episodes ago about how the Bills can make cap space. Matt Milano was amazing. Sign him as long as he wants to sign for. Keep him under contract. The Bills have uh, added two years onto the end and kept him here even longer. Spatter's cap hit lowered this year's number. You love all things you love to see. That position is solid. And also, they, they promised him a spot on the on the Wall of Fame in the new stadium when he retires. <laughs> uh, I thought you were going to say like a spot like at the bar for chicken wings or something, but okay. Matt Milano does not look like he's a you know fried food eater. He looks too in shape for that. He looks like he's like a carrots and celery and lots of protein type of guy. Uh, okay. You literally just listed chicken wings, carrots and celery <laughs> on the side, and some protein. Health, sorry, healthy <laughs> proteins, not, not fried proteins. Uh, I would not put it past anyone on the team to down 20 wings like it was nothing. Okay. All right. Chicken, um, real quick. Sorry. Off topic. Chicken wing eating contest with anyone on the team who wins. Um, gotta be a lineman, right? Um, okay, actually, you really want me to dig into this? Um, the at the chicken wing eating contest, uh, this year at the National Chicken Wing Festival, which happens every year in Buffalo, they have a chicken wing eating contest. And your favorite guy, Joey Chestnut, came to Buffalo for this, and he was on the morning news, and they were talking about strategy. And he goes, Actually, I love chicken wing is an eating contest because there's like some talent involved. It's not just like who can engorge themselves the most. Like you, there, there's like a little bit of skill to moving the bones around, flick, you know, do you break them apart? How, what do you do? And like, like getting all the meat off of it. Um, so keep in mind, it's not just the biggest, hugest guy with chicken wings. There's some dexterity. You got to have mobile fingers and you can't have you know can't you know you fat finger the phone too much if you fat finger the chicken wing maybe it doesn't work out so there's some skill involved um so maybe you want a guy who's a little little bit better with his hands uh all this is to say um i was really just spitballing all that was true but i i have absolutely no idea i was just filling time um who would win a wing eating contest Mitch this is, what, is my pick given Mitch, okay Daddy, uh, yeah, I kind of. This is where you miss Richie Incognito for like this dumb off the field stuff because Richie mm-hmm. Incognito would definitely put down some wings. Oh, um, I think Eric Wood would beat would beat everybody. Uh, well, Eric Wood and Richie Incognito every year at the Bills Thanksgiving weight game mm-hmm. competition would be one and two. Absolutely, but yeah. What do so, you think about but, Quisenberry? Still going, Mitch Morris, man. He's better with his hands. Okay, not he's, he's got big old hands. Um. Nah, nah, nah. I still think it, it's it's you, you're really not going to change my mind off of Mitch Morris. I think Mitch Boogie Morris. Boogie No, maybe if you want to talk defensive side, maybe Jaquan Jones. Okay, I was going to bring up Tim Settle too. That dude just looks like he would just like 
you know, he'd be a riot at the bar and just start laughing before he knew it. 15 weeks to just disappeared. Yeah. Yeah. That, that could be true too. Yeah. So maybe, <laughs> maybe if you want to add him to it too. Yeah. But I, it's definitely, I, I think that it's a clean, clear victory. For Mitch Morris. <laughs> okay. Uh, if, if I ever run into him, I will let him know that you have that opinion and we'll see what he says. I uh, yeah, ask him like, does he feel like, who does he think would be the chicken wing eating champ? on the entire football team. I think that's a great question to ask at training camp. Okay. So back to, back to the linebackers, Nick. <laughs> back to linebackers. Okay. Tremaine Edmonds got way too much money from the Chicago bears. The bills yes. just couldn't match that offer. If they truly wanted to keep him, they could have franchise tagged him. But even that number for a linebacker would be probably much higher than they valued him at. Uh, and he's gone. You know, we are RIP the meme. He's he's only he's 23 and he's got four years in the NFL or whatever, whatever that was. He's obviously very young. I think he still has a bright future. And to me, you know, I was going through the Bills like list of first round picks like in the last decade and, you know, pre pre McBean era. But uh, just just really a ton of misses there. I know that he didn't resign. So it's like a miss in that sense. But. I just got 18 mil a year. Like that, 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 that's not a draft miss. That's just a guy who hit free agency and got more money. I mean, what's the one thing Bean says pretty much every press conference in the offseason? Um, we're gonna evaluate no, you want to draft, develop. develop, resign, right? Like that's what they want to do. Draft, develop, resign. In the case of and in, in the case of Edmonds, look, there the, you you drafted, you developed them. Like you said, they just had a really bad cap year and weren't able to bring him back at that $18 million. Which is which is a huge amount. Even if they had more space, are they still – I don't know. If if the offer was $11 million for Edmonds and his agent calls you up and you're, the Buffalo Bills said, Chicago offered us five years, $11 million a year, are you taking that? See, the five years is like a huge term. Or four years. I'm sorry. What did he sign? Four years for $18 million? I mean, he's got a ton of guaranteed money in there, too. Like, yeah. The contract, like, the, the Bills totally get to save face in this because they can just say, well, you know, we're just happy for our guy. He got paid and we can't, we, you know, we're just not in a spot we can match that. Like, the Bills did not have to, like, truly show, show their cards here at all. Yeah. I think that, um, I think that you're not going to bring back Tremaine Edmonds $18 million. It just doesn't make any sense for anyone involved. Um, I think Chicago overpaid because they could overpay. They had the money to overpay. And I think that Tremaine Edmonds did a really good job and has really good agents to get the most bang for his buck. Uh, but at the end of the day, Nick, I think Buffalo made the right decision moving on from Edmonds. I think you find a way to address that in – the draft one way or the other, because I don't think Balen Spector can step in and be a leader. And from what I saw from Bernard last year, I'm not really sold on him stepping in and being a leader either. To me, he's a little bit small to be a middle linebacker. I know they, the coaching staff seemed to compare him more to a Matt Milano type of linebacker, but I just don't see the, um, the excitement with him being a starting middle linebacker in the NFL. Yeah, I mean, and one guy who you didn't mention is a guy who filled in for Edmonds last year, Tyrell Dodson. So, the, they, yeah, well, yeah. So they they 
have three in-house options, guys who are under contract, who are not expensive. And if you want to draft and develop in, in whatever, um, Terrell Bernard was your third round pick last year. Like that screams like a guy who would quote, who should be on a normal team. Who's not like super bowl or bust, like would definitely get a shot to at least try to win the job. And he was a better prospect than he was drafted at. And he had some injury concerns and he didn't play much last year. Maybe the bills think they got this huge steal in the draft and they're ready to roll him out there. Yeah. You know, he's, um, I'm pulling up his scouting report from last year. Um, I mean, he's fast, right? He's got some speed. He's six foot yeah, but seven. If, if I recall, he was just, just constantly injured. Yeah. Um, so his positives right now, you know, that really jumped out on, 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 on the draft table was his speed. Obviously uh, his flexibility and body control allows him to change directions. His downhill speed. Um, an impressive turn and run speed to change direction and coverage. Didn't see a lot of great coverage from him when he did play. Um, his negatives are his size and weight, which, as we mentioned, can be a problem. He's not a physical tackler, which is something that Buffalo did get when he did make tackles from Tremaine Edmonds. Um, he likes to jump on a lot of that eye candy. A lot of that play action stuff throws him off. But to me, that's also a knock on Tremaine Edmonds. Um Look, do I think that Buffalo do, do I think Buffalo rolling out Terrell Bernard is going to hurt them? Not as much as what we may be may believe right now. Um, especially again with the full year under this defense. Sean McDermott, I think, is is gonna be a little bit different type of play caller than what Leslie Frazier is or was. Um so I don't. I just I I can see Buffalo using him in some capacity if needed. I'd rather see them go out and draft one in the first round. Yeah, um, it's a huge hole right now. One one any any free agents out there grabbing your attention? Bobby well, Wagner still out there. I was just gonna say, there's a guy you texted me about last night while we were talking about some of this, and uh, Bobby Wagner just is another one that just gets me very excited for what he could look like in this defense. I I think there there's maybe a little bit of smoke there. I I really don't know what the Bills are doing. A lot of questions people would have is, well, can they fit Bobby Wagner? The Bills have the ability, I think, to move enough money around where they could fit another one more guy if they wanted to this year. They currently so, have ten ten point five million under the cap. Okay, and that's you know you subtract a little bit for draft picks, subtract a little bit for in season moves. You think um, about three million for draft picks and three million or so for the full season. There's ways to get there later on. I feel like to get down to that three million for the full season, but yeah. So um, I mean, I mean, what, yeah, what I was gonna say is like there there are people they they can restructure, they can move a little bit of money and open more space should they want to bring add somebody else. And right. sometimes it feels it's, I'm sure it's. It's a leverage thing. Like you tell other guys in free agency, oh, we just we just don't have the room. We can't give you that. Can you meet us in the middle? Can we do for less? And then you just restructure somebody else. Oh, hey, we found some more space. How about that? Right. Yeah, I think that um, bringing a guy like Bobby Wagner, though, on this defense is huge. You had Bobby Wagner this defense and DeAndre Hopkins to your offense. I mean – 
Dismiss a right tackle. <laughs> yeah, get yourself a right tackle, and bam, you're a Super Bowl team. Like, you know, I, 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 I don't know what team in the AFC right now could really compete with you on that level. Maybe the Jets on the offensive side of the football with what they're building over there, and if they ever get an Aaron Rodgers trade figured out, which I would kind of laugh if that doesn't ever go through. But yeah, I'm still, still, the Bills are still the team to beat. Aaron Rodgers or not. Miami has a great roster. I think they're kind of, if they had a great quarterback, they could really compete for the AFC East. But if Buffalo adds those two players we mentioned, DeAndre Hopkins and Bobby Wagner, right? Buffalo adds those two guys. Are they the outright best team in the AFC? Uh, it's it's hard to to pick against the Chiefs after they just lost a guy like Tyreek Hill and still won the Super Bowl, but you know, top to bottom, it's looking like it. And then, like the, their, yeah, their holes would be, you know, tackle if they traded Oliver out in that deal, and depth. I mean, safety depth. Core, I mean, depth depth. That's what we're talking about. Depth. Talking about depth. Not, not not the starters, not the <laughs> starters. We're talking about depth. <laughs> well, can they get it done? They got if they can fit them under the cap, if they can make it work. I mean, th- this is what it's like when you're a good team, like a great team. You want to win say, the Super Bowl. This is what you do. This off season has turned into be a little bit more fun than what I even thought it was going to be. Well, listen, Brandon Bean did a great job telling everybody. You know, there's not a Von Miller signing out there for us this year. And uh, that's a great way to just be like, well, guys, we can't afford you, so take less. Well, you know, he de- he never said that there wasn't a Von Miller trade out there. He might have said move if I'm actually thinking back on it. but That's true. That's uh, true. Yeah, they can make it work if they want. It's just how much are you willing to push into the future to deal with later. So they, they restructured Allen. They, restru- they uh, restructured Diggs. They're pushing it out. Like, this is what you do. Like, Josh Allen's contract literally could get restructured every single year from now until eternity. And then, I don't know, Brandon B might not be the GM anymore when Josh Allen's retired. Like, it's going to be somebody else's problem. Truthfully, like, if the Bills just win a Super Bowl, like, I really don't care if they're. (laughs) Right. Look what the Rams are doing. The Rams won their Super Bowl two years ago, and they're blowing it up. Like, I'm okay with them sucking for 20 years again if they win one Super Bowl, right? Like, as long as the Sabres fix their shit, then then I'm okay with the Bills, you know, sucking for another 20 years. But, um, I, look, Bean's going to do Bean things, right? There's a reason why they call him Big Baller Bean, you know, and then he's got that assistant GM in Von Miller who who's pretty <laughs> damn good at recruiting too and bringing guys in and, and, and you know, Bring guys to Buffalo. So I'm, I'm going to be curious to see how that all works out. But I like just the thought, right, and, and all the excitement. I know it's just Twitter excitement, but just the excitement of possibly having DeAndre Hopkins on this offense with Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs and, mm-hmm. you know, uh, the rest of this this offense yeah. just could be scary. Um, same thing on the other side, right? The thought of bringing in Bobby Wagner to play alongside Matt Milano is just unbelievable. That is a – very good um, two linebacks that you're bringing in. And you're really, in my opinion, would be getting an upgrade over a Tremaine Edmonds, which is hard to replace. You know, maybe not replacing the athleticism 
of Tremaine Edmonds, but I think you're going to be replacing a lot of that um, football IQ from an older, wiser veteran like Bobby Wagner, who maybe Tremaine Edmonds gets there in his four years in Chicago, but I did feel like there was times where um, Edmonds' football IQ wasn't necessarily there yet for a middle linebacker. All right, let me ask you one last question, not to burst your balloon here. Would it give you any pause at all with a you know the mid back defensive backfield basically? Jordan Poyer, thirty-two. Micah Hyde, thirty-two, and then your linebacker also thirty-two. Is that scare you at all? No, because all the contracts are going to be up next year. I know Poyer signed a two-year <laughs> deal, but it's a one-year deal. I think Poyer and Hyde are both leaving the same year. Right, I, I think mean, it, it, a Bobby Wagner, yeah, with the, the those safety contracts, adding Bobby Wagner is like makes it an absolute go for a year. That's uh, and, and at that point, like I am in L.A. Ram mode at this point. Go do what you got to do and just win the whole damn thing. And I don't care what happens next offseason. I don't you, care if Poyer's here. I don't care if Hyde is here. I don't care if Wagner's here. Go build your team. Go win the whole thing, and then. Talk to me next season when you have to go out and, and and those guys are off contracts and you're able to go out and sign some guys. Look, everybody forgets Micah Hyde and Jordan Poyer were were nobodies before they came to Buffalo. Poyer was mostly a special teams guy in, in Cleveland and and Hyde was just kind of a safety in Green Bay, right? Not not a household name. I liked him in Green Bay. I mean, he started four years. Right, but he wasn't a guy that I felt like, oh, my God, we're playing Green Bay. got to watch Micah Hyde, right? Right. I thought that the scouting staff, and you can put it either on the scouting staff or on Bean, however you want to do it, did a really good job of identifying talent. Now, I know that there's some years that they've hit or miss. We know that their, their rookie talent has not been ideal, and they have not drafted well. But they've done a really good job of finding free agents, and I think next year may be that year that we have to see them go out and do it all over again. Uh, listen, if your if your grand plan here comes to fruition and they are winning a Super Bowl, uh, Bills fans are just kind of shrug and say, "Doesn't matter. Do, right. do what you got to do." I tell everyone this all the time: if Buffalo just wins one, like, don't care anymore. I just want one. Just want one. Been doing this for thirty-two years. You know, just started seeing him in the playoffs again. I just want one. All right. That's a good spot to end it, Charlie. You got uh, a hot take on free agency before we go? A move the Bills might still make? I still say that at Oliver trade is going to happen, man. It's just going to be at some point. Um, maybe a draft day trade. Maybe a late draft day trade. Mm-hmm. You know, day three trade where you're trading a, a late round pick. Um, at some point, either either way, whether it's Buffalo sending a late round pick Arizona's way or Arizona's in a late round pick Buffalo's way. Um, but that DeAndre Hopkins trade just makes too much sense. Okay. I'm still thinking um, AJ Epinesa. We didn't even talk about him on this show. Six and a half sacks last year. Brandon Bean can get somebody to dream on those six and a half sacks. Draft a trade goes out for a pick, I think. Do you think – if if they get rid of Epinesa, do you think that opens the door to bring Shaq Lawson back? I don't know. Sure. How cheap is he willing to sign? I mean, I thought Shaq Lawson had a pretty good year when um, 
Von Miller went down last year. And I think if I'm Buffalo, if I'm Brandon Bean, I, I'll reach out to those guys right now, him and, and Jordan Phillips for that matter. You know, yeah, Jordan, he's a free agent. Jordan Phillips is in the building working out and kind of rehabbing himself a little bit. So they're able to see what he's doing. Sign both those guys to veteran minimum deals. Bring them in. You're adding more depth on, on, on the defensive line. All right. And then, uh, hey, we told everybody to think about draft picks uh, while we're doing this. So top draft needs for the Bills. Give me your top three, two, two, three. Uh, clearly linebacker. Uh, depending what they do at receiver, wide receiver. You still they, think, even though I don't know where they would put them. If they don't make that, they still, I, I think they need an upgrade over Gabe Davis. In my opinion, Gabe's good, good run blocking, decent wide receiver too. You need a guy who could run the complete route tree and Gabe Davis is not that guy. Okay. Um, and then finally, I would probably say safety for depth purposes for, for going into next season, especially you don't know what next season holds. You don't know what the future of Demar Hamlin really is. I think you need to go out and get yourself a young safety that you can uh, start getting taught the league and being taught the game from two very good safeties. All right. Uh, really good points there. I agree with that. Definitely. If you know, linebacker is very clearly the need on the team right now. And until they address that, that's their number one need, you know, obviously safety depth is, is very important. And you as glad as you are, the hide and point are back. Like you got to realize that there's a good chance. One or both of them is going to miss time this year. Like that's just, that's football. So uh, you got to start planning for the future somewhere. And it's probably, if you want to keep the standard, it's probably got to be a high pick. I, you know, people thought they should have traded up for Kyle Hamilton last year. Oh, yeah. And he could have, he could have, you know, sat and watched. And we, we were like, oh, we keep, they can't do that. They might make it awkward in the building. They would have had the guy whenever he got hurt. Right. Right. I mean, Look, you, you got to go out and, and, and future-proof yourself at some point, and you got to hit on the draft. I think that's the most important thing. I think Brandon B. needs to be able to go out and use that first-round pick, have that extra fifth-year option, and be able to bring in guys who you're going to finally hit on in that first round. Yeah. Outside, yeah. Of, outside of Edmonds, and well, we're only given Edmonds because Edmonds went and got, got himself paid and is considered a pretty damn good linebacker in this league. But outside of Edmonds and Allen, what are the first-round picks that they really hit on? Uh, I had a list, and it's been a while. Um, I don't think many, if if any, in the first round. Uh, well, Tremaine Edmonds just got $18 million. Are you calling that a hit or no? Yeah, oh, I think I think Edmonds and... And Allen are really their only two hits, and those guys were both in the same draft. You know, if you want to use Ep- Epines as the first round pick, go ahead. I know he was a second round pick. He's both lost that first round, you know, trade that first yeah, round pick yeah. for staff. But yeah, Dawkins was a second rounder who's got another contract. I mean, so the chart I was looking at here, and again, this is going back predates McBean, but the last decade of drafts, first and second round pick, did they get another contract? Josh Allen. Dean Dawkins, Tredavious White, Cordy Glenn. That's the list. Jeez. Other picks in this. Gilmore did not get an extension. EJ Manuel, Robert Woods, no. Kiko Alonso traded. Sammy Watkins, no. Cyrus Quanjo, no. Ronald Darby, no. Shaq Lawson, no. Reggie Raglan, no. Trey, yes. Reggie, Reggie Raglan and 
Cyrus Quandro had so much upside. And they just <laughs> and did not. Rex live up Ryan to was their coach. Yeah. Yeah. Wasted talent. Uh, Trey, yes. Say Jones, no. Dion, yes. Josh, yes. Tremaine Edmonds, no. Ed Oliver, looking like no. Cody Ford, already traded. AJ Epinesa, looking like no. And then you got Greg Rousseau and Boogie Basham. It's probably Rousseau's trending yes, Basham's trending no. Yeah, I would agree with that. I think Basham looked like he was trending yes at one point and quickly declined. Mm-hmm. And then just literally last year, Kair Elam, James Cook, are they too too soon to call? I'm not. I'm not. Yeah, it's been yeah. One year. Can't really make a call there. I think. Uh, you know, I think James Cook's going to have a good year. I think that Elam will. If given the chance to be the full-time starter at CB2, I think we see him take a step. I thought he looked good the last couple games of the year when he finally got got in and got real playing time. All right. Well, Charlie, it was good to see you. I know we didn't get the Sabres. We didn't get this in World Baseball Classic. We got more time to pod this offseason. We want to give a shout-out to our sponsor, Ethos Performance Rehab, helping you feel better. While you're working out, helping you feel better after, helping you with things you didn't even know you were doing wrong. Ethos Performance Rehab, tell them the process sent you. And Charlie, who else are we giving a shout out to? Uh, did I miss something? Oh, uh, mm, no. I was going to say we two things on the pod to catch up on. One is we, we had talked about, we're still doing this. We're going to donate money based yes. on how much the bill scored to Southwest Florida hurricane recovery efforts yes. in Fort Myers. We're going to do that. Um, and Hey, give a shot to your cousin. You told me he was in the hospital recently. Yes. Yes. My, prayers my cousin up Mike. For Michael. Yes. Uh, prayers up for Mike. Mike is doing better. He's at home now. Unfortunately, the house is dealing with the stomach bug. So prayers up for him with the, with the broken leg, double prayers up to him to have to deal with the stomach bug with a broken leg. Um, so yeah, let, let's hope that, that that all goes well in that house and clears out pretty quick. Um, but other than that, man, no, we're uh, for, for the record, by the way, I want to let everyone know I was down to Fort Myers last week, visiting some family. Um, the city still needs any help that it can get. Uh, the beach is selling like hotcakes at this point And, uh, the Fort Myers beach that I knew growing up will no longer be the same. However, people there are still without home, still without jobs, um, and still need any help that you can send down there, clothes, donations, anything like that. Um, send them their way. If you would like any, um, information on where to send those things, feel free to reach out to me on Twitter or reach out to us at the podcast, uh, on Twitter and we can, uh, direct you where to go for all that so um if you want to get in touch with the podcast obviously the underscore process pod trying to get in touch with me on twitter it's chawit 68 or hell if you want to get in touch with nick on twitter too it's uh at nick veronica or on facebook by nick veronica um and you Send can see some all questions that. ahead of the draft we'll try to get to them yes absolutely we'll get we'll try to get to all that in the next podcast um but most importantly folks appreciate you all turning in and remember to always trust the process.